0: I like the title.
1: Hello, and welcome to another of Political Yeti's politics podcasts. I'm James Miller, and for this last podcast of this parliament, I'm joined by uh, Kate Langston, Westminster correspondent for the Yorkshire Post. Hello. Hello. Dad. And my final MP guest of this parliament Is on uh, Partly because he's a friend of the podcast But uh, let's be honest Mainly because his wife made him do it <laughs> It's uh, and Cowdenbeath uh, SNP MP Roger Mullen Hi there uh, Yes, your wife is a big fan of the podcast, right? But wife Shall is I do a, a, a shout out? Shall I do a shout out for Barbara A shout out for Mullen? Barbara Is that, that yes. that's what young people do? I
0: mean, I, I still don't fully understand What the reasoning is Why she likes you so much, James But there you go Well,
1: I'll I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll <laughs> <laughs> Let that go for now. I understand
0: it entirely Barbara.
1: Um I can say the same thing about him. Um, just briefly, Roger, um, you are going to come on the podcast a while ago, but you were busy nation building in Kurdistan. You used to do nation building before you were an MP. What have you been doing
0: you Yeah, know, well, you know, in Iraq or something? Um, what, y- yes, a body called the Westminster Foundation for Democracy mm. uh, wanted me to go to Iraqi Kurdistan to talk to the three main political parties there who don't get on terribly well together and the Kurdistan uh, regional government there has not been meeting for a long time because of the conflict. And they thought it would be a good idea to send an MP out to see if he'd get them agreed to come over here to have roundtable discussions. Did you? Yes, they've all agreed to come over. Are they going to come to Kerkoddy or Cowdenbeath? I would think maybe Kerkoddy and Cowdenbeath would not be the main place of visit, Mm -hmm. but uh, you never know. But it was, yeah. and I said I would do it. Uh, if they allowed me to do it in my way, Ooh. as they say, you see? <laughs> uh, well, that's fascinating. And What's so, your way? Well, what I said was, I think, in doing something like this, there are two things you have to do, quite simply. One is, when you go, before you don't talk to the people you need to negotiate with first. What you do is you go out into the areas that and, and see the things that most concern people to show a willingness to engage in their community. So I did that for two days, Mm -hmm. and then after that, I had uh, discussions with the three parties over an intensive long day on the Wednesday. And I think it helped that, uh, besides reading about the place, I had shown a commitment to engage on the ground. And Um, that's when I, as you know, uh, entered uh, Mosul, the city, uh, during the conflict, and it was uh, because there's 1.8 million displaced persons because of the conflict in Iraq who are now within Kurdistan region Um,
1: Well, well done you Um, peacemaker um, man, MP in a war zone all very impressive stuff
0: Well, not to everybody, including a couple of my constituents uh, who wrote in complaining that I had gone in a junket (laughs) to Mosul. A jolly A jolly. A a jolly. (laughs) And jolly to Mosul yes. <laughs> Well, you should know by now. You've so you been an empty for two years. All. Yeah, you can't please everybody <laughs> all on the time.
1: Um let's uh talk about something which was less peaceful, which was this. Uh, yeah, that was really smooth, wasn't it? Um, will there be reliable. new podcast jingles after the election? Will that podcast fi- jingle finally get shortened to a sensible length? Uh, yeah. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Um, Kate, that was the longest PMQs in history. I think it genuinely probably was the longest I PMQs think in must history. I it
2: yes. It was now, wasn't it? it, was isn't now? it? Pretty well, yeah.
1: Um, because it was amazing and worth it, and the Speaker wanted to let the top-level debate go on and on.
2: It was end of term and... Everyone was just getting their shout-out, (laughs) and was just bizarre, it kind of devolved into some weird kind of uh, leaving do by the end of it. It it was weird, wasn't it? I mean, I can understand
1: letting, especially, you know, the old dinosaurs who've been here for a long time, let them have their final pop at PMQs, but all they did was stand up and say, strong and stable leadership, eh?
2: Strong and stable leadership.
1: (laughs) That was was it? Was that really worth it?
0: Um... Roger No, it became incredibly tedious, particularly when this, when somebody stands up and you know exactly what they're going to say and you and you can predict what they're like you know the the precise wording of their line you know it it's like long term economic plan has now morphed into strong and stable leadership. indeed, it
1: was also a fairly poor show I thought from those old boys, and they were I think university bar one uh, old old boys mm-hmm. who were stepping down who had a last p m q Could have said something really insightful or interesting and instead just got up and made really boring contributions.
0: I think you've got it in one, James. Um, And also interesting
1: that the... Well, they're not SNP MPs that are standing down, but uh, Natalie McGarry was very keen to get called, and she is, of course, as we believe, standing down, Mm -hmm. um, but didn't get called. Is that a speaker's snub to the Scots, do you think, Roger? I don't know.
0: I think it looked to me as if he had made a decision... That people were going to get valedictory questions. Yeah. And uh, given the number that are leaving, he had to choose which one. And the ones that he chose tended to be also uh, Privy Councillors, the Right Honourables. Yes, the most so senior, ones, the most senior yeah. ones. So I think from that point of view, it's very difficult. So on this occasion, I wouldn't blame the Speaker. Uh, Kate, you do Yorkshire there's some good Yorkshire stuff in there yeah uh, I know I was discussing
2: jobs. it with my editor on the way <laughs> like, how much we're going to need from this um, uh,
1: mainly the ring roads that was pretty exciting was a there's a lot of ring roads getting built isn't <laughs> gonna there going
2: to be a key national uh, debate going on there
1: does, uh, does York deserve a ring road more than Bath sorry well Bath apparently wants a ring road uh, York wants a ring roads. Uh, Mil- did Milton <laughs> Keynes want one there's just loads of questions about ring roads um is, is it really, you know, is York going to get a ring road? Is it that important that, know, for the last feel, BMQs?
2: I feel like it's not the most pressing issue in York right now. I mean, no. I could be mistaken, and no doubt, if uh, well. should any of our readers in York be listening, they'll be tweeting to correct me. <laughs> um, but given the kind of debates we're having over things like HST and some of the really big investments, you yeah. think kind of take one big thing at a time.
1: <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. And the other issue that got raised, the big Yorkshire issue, of course, is Bradford. Oh,
2: Redford, uh, yes. <laughs> We're go for Nestle then, but, well,
1: Nestle, uh, yeah, Nestle is a big one, All right? Nestle's a Brexit one, right? This is Nestle a uh, uh, jumping ship because of Brexit. Is yeah, Nestle I think
2: it denied it, but um, that's the kind of common consensus is that why you know they're moving to within the EU. Yeah. So this is
1: they're moving their biscuits to Poland, basically. To
2: Poland, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, sure. uh, yeah. That's that. To be fair, was one of the few sensible questions of PMQs, right? Because that is an actual issue that yeah, it's actually a pressing, affects people. Urgent
2: issue in York and other. Surrounding
1: areas as well, Um, and then of course we had Bradford, where which is in Yorkshire, right? Yeah, I've been to Bradford. I'm I'm sure I was in Yorkshire (laughs) at the time. Uh, (laughs) Where the Lib Dems have picked, uh, apparently, who knows if by the time this goes up, it will will still be the candidate. Let's be honest. Um, But that was mighty awkward for Tim Farron.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, Having had um, a week, I think, of the the issue, the question over um, gay sex, he's now had to move on to Uh anti-Semitism. And I mean, he's a candidate who's had years of kind of scandal over yeah. this. Um twenty sixteen it came up again I think when uh um, Shah was facing accusations of yes, Labour of yeah. anti Semitism and um now it's just gonna be the issue between now and June eighth in Bradford.
1: Yeah, this is David Ward who has made comments before that were deemed anti Semitic mm-hmm. or regarded as anti Semitic and he's back to fight this election. Um yes, we'll see what what happens there. Um, let's uh, Give a final outing Because I do I, I'm going to put my neck on the line I think it was Jeremy Corbyn's final outing today So we ought to give a final outing To the Jeremy Corbyn song mm. mm-hmm. um, I like this, one. It's, it's, this is the best one yeah, I, I, I only save it rarely Because it's so, so good <laughs> It goes like this He's weird He's got a beard How long Till he's disappeared Progrog wig out at the end Um, Jeremy Corbyn he's weird he's got a beard how long till he's disappeared I'll tell you how
0: long six weeks right? I think you're mm, quite right there I mean he's just awful yeah (laughs) as a leader I mean he hasn't got any leadership qualities at all he's not going to hang on is he Kate?
2: Uh, you'd think it'd be nigh on impossible for him to... or well, we thought it, it'd be nigh on impossible yeah. for him to win in the <laughs> good first place, to win the leadership. Uh, but, I mean, I, I did think that he did a fairly good um, performance today. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that's... But <laughs> he keeps <laughs> on... Ten minutes is not enough to save you.
0: No, but you <laughs> think, oh, he's raised something where he could get a really strong hit. So, that, for example, I think Hengist could get a really strong hit in pensions. Jeremy Corbyn started talking about pensions, and we thought... Is he going to come in with the killer question? Mm. And he he's, he sort of half starts yeah. and then yeah. meanders, yeah. Yeah. and so nobody knows what he's actually asking. And so he makes it very easy. And I thought Theresa May gets an easy ride from him every week.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I I agree. It. I think he did a good job. He hit the marks that he should hit as a as a Labour leader. The NHS. He hit the school funding, which is a big mm. issue for a lot of people. The WASPy women. That's a good yeah, yeah. issue for Labour. Um, housing, that's a big issue um, Yeah, there was a couple of questions about the NHS um, uh, You know, he hit all the marks And you thought, oh, he's done quite well And then, as you say, Angus Robertson gets up And just asks his question in, like, one sentence yeah. Yeah. It's the same issue, but he's he's got the, he's got the clip on the, the news And he's also put the Prime Minister under genuine pressure
0: That's it. Right. And I always think, I mean, my, when I get the opportunity to ask questions I always think the best questions are the short ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it gives the person you're asking much less time to prepare or, in yeah. a front benchers mm-hmm. case, to listen to the answer from somebody feeding them from behind. And, you know, they've got to be more on the ball to actually respond. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I was pleased that when Angus stood up, the first question was practically a sentence. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that put her on the defensive straight away. And then you can follow up with... A, slightly more fulsome second Mm. question
2: i found it interesting as well because obviously she would have had an answer on that prepared because Mm. you know people have been talking about it so much but she's obviously geared up for it coming from labour thought she got off scot-free and then suddenly it comes at her from the side from the smp but
0: but even though she would be prepared i mean uh, uh, don't you think she still looked uncomfortable you know her non-verbal communications she finds difficult to hide Mm. so you can you can tell quite readily from her facial expressions and the way in which she uses her body, that she's very uncomfortable with some questions.
1: Yeah, she's not very good at this. We've discussed it before. She's not very good at BMQs. Mm. And, as you say, I mean, you know, Angus Robinson shows that if mm. there was a Labour leader doing what Angus does, then she'd be facing eight difficult questions every Absolutely. week. And that would make. She, that'd really show her up, I mm. think. Uh, but she's not for now. Effect um, Cooper, is she a Yorkshire MP?
2: She is indeed. Is she going to be the next Labour leader? I there seems to be kind of a growing momentum behind that story but i I don't know what the kind of chances are for given that she failed so recently for then being able to kind of come back from that when so many people are kind of ushering in Mm, newer influx of candidates who don't have that kind of old guard Mm. um baggage i guess
1: yeah, I think you're right, doing the, doing the summits yeah, to actually get her there, I'm not sure. Well, it's, it's, it's I think the board. other
0: thing is that everybody expects there's going to be a big change in terms of the Labour Party and how many are going to actually come back, but it's also who they're going to be. Mm. So we don't have a real sense of mm. what the political profile of the group is. So you could get people coming back feeling really angry about those that never rallied to Corbyn. Mm. And yeah. so, we might not be positively inclined to somebody like Gibbett Cooper. I mean, we just don't know what the shape's going to be.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, that's that. Well, let's. Well, go on, then let's do election uh, predictions. How many Labour are coming back? Roughly.
0: R- roughly, R- roughly? Yeah, good quite enough. a lot less. How, how many less? <laughs> <or, laughs> how many less?
1: Because, as I keep saying to people, they are starting from a lower base already. I mean, <laughs> how much lower can yeah, they go? Yeah, I've
0: seen predictions that. Uh, by political commentators and political scientists that range from about fifty seats less up to about uh, approaching a hundred. Yeah. I think the one I saw out today, uh, in the back of the recent Welsh poll, was suggesting they might lose about seventy-five seats. But as you say, the 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 key thing is they're starting from a relatively low base, mm. and so to go down much further is going to cause very significant problems for them. Um, Kate, any
1: feeling as to how low how low they can go? I mean, we, we're assuming they're going to lose seats, right?
2: Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, we can I think take that as kind of jumped very quickly back on the the polling bandwagon, and oh, only yeah. now starting to go. Oh, hang on, do you remember what happened last time? Yes. Um, and I suppose there is that chance of the polls look so bad now that that might motivate yes more support mm-hmm. yes. Um, but sure, I mean, every MP you speak to. In Labour, seems to think that they're yeah. heading for a, a quite a big loss. So, I, I don't know, is that 50 yeah. seats at least, possibly? Yeah. yeah,
1: I don't think you can lose a huge amount, more than 50, because then you get into real hardcore Labour territory. I mean, I, uh, then we said that in Scotland a <laughs> couple of years ago. Yes. <laughs> we <we've> proved, <laughs> proved very wrong there, weren't we? Um, how low are they going to go in Scotland? How low are Labour going to go in Scotland, Roger?
0: Are they going to zero? The, yeah. the truthful answer is... I don't know. Oh. Nobody knows. I mean, uh, what is going to happen? I mean, I, I think, in one sense, this is a short campaign, but it started from a very narrow definition of why the general election is taking place, in Theresa May. Mm. And she can't run six weeks just on, you know, yeah. strong and stable leadership. And I need a strong hand to go with Brexit. All sorts of other issues are going to come in. I think where you are correct when you mentioned James about you know there, there's the makeup of different seats is uh, what are the issues that are going to arise that are going to touch people in different communities? How are they going to react to that? Um. I think some of the fear from the. Uh, uh, not many, but a few Labour MPs that I've talked to, is their fear is that there's going to be a big differential turnout. In other words, they're finding it difficult to find out what's their line going to be that will motivate their supporters to vote. Whereas the Tories seem, at the moment, to be highly motivated. So I think some of the Labour ones in England in particular and some of the areas that voted to Mm. uh, come out of the EU... They're worried about that there there's going to be a big differential turnout to their disadvantage.
1: And they don't know they're born because they don't have to then factor in, in DRF2 as well like everyone in Scotland does. All right. Well, it's, cr- I mean, you know, it's a really boring election in the sense that we know the result, right? The SNP are going to have a vast majority of seats in Scotland. The Tories are going to win in England and across the UK, blah, blah, blah. But for the wonks, there's lots of really interesting stuff, right, about how Brexit and IndiaF F2 and all the normal stuff about the economy and the NHS, how that's all going to interact.
0: Absolutely. And you can already see uh, a bit of uh, the way in which the India F2 debate is beginning to change a little bit because of the calling of a general election. Because the way in which the Tories were positioning it is, you know, we mustn't have a vote just now, it would be very disruptive to the whole process Mm. of negotiations. Oops! We're going to throw in a general election. Now, logically, if she was saying she wanted a general election really to support her negotiating arm, the logic is she should have called it before she triggered Article 50. What she's done is triggered Article 50. Some weeks go past, and then she triggers a general election. So what she's doing is she's reducing the time for negotiation. I do think the timing is interesting, actually, because... As you say, it's a six
1: week campaign. It doesn't have to be a six week campaign. This is a sort of modern phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You can I think it has to be at least three weeks, is that right? And it can be six weeks at maximum. Yeah, I mean, I
0: mean, I'm, I'm, I mean I'm old enough to wonder why people you've are saying this is going to be an incredibly short campaign over six weeks. You want to have tried like me to be a candidate in 1974. Well, yes, you've like stood that, in so many elections. When you were <laughs> <laughs> three and four week campaigns. Well, absolutely.
1: But of course, she couldn't really have held <laughs> off for two weeks once she'd made up her mind. It would seem to make sense to perhaps have got the local elections out of the way perhaps and then mm. called the election so it was just a four-week campaign. Yeah. But she couldn't have two weeks gone, oh, there's not going to be an election.
0: And that's no doubt why, because of the oddity of the choice of when she did it, I think that's why you've got all these sorts of conspiracy theories. You know, why? What's the real reason for yeah. this? Is it because there's all these MPs who are in well, the frame yes. uh, uh, for corruption in the last election? You know... Mm, that people speculate
1: But as you say, six weeks
0: is a long time to
1: convince people That Jeremy Corbyn is actually going to be Prime Minister Which nobody believes now Let alone mm-hmm. after six weeks of seeing him well, act like a nutcase And
0: does Jeremy Corbyn believe he's going to be Prime Minister? He doesn't give any of the sense <laughs> Well, that's a good question
1: um, Yeah, so uh, You haven't done the SNP in the election How many seats are the SNP going to come back with? I think we'll get quite a lot Give us a number mm. How many are you going to lose?
0: You're going to lose some, right? At every election, there is likely to be gains and losses. And so I expect parties to have gains and losses. But Give us a number. Very, no, no, no. no I go well, all, all I would say is I expect us to have a majority of seats in Scotland.
1: I go around talking up politicians. Politicians are nice guys, most of them. They try to do good stuff. And elections are brilliant because, you know, it's a peaceful transfer of power and all that sort of stuff. And then I ask you a straight question you can't give me a straight answer. Well, and everyone will go, ah, oh, politicians are all the same. No, they don't answer straight No, questions. no, no. no. But give me a number. What you're
0: seeing is... Where is your crystal ball, Roger? I don't have a yeah. crystal ball. Have You
1: stood in how many elections? I
0: have stood in quite a few.
1: You're an Iraqi peacemaker. You must have a better idea than most. You <laughs> had to just put a number on.
0: Well, had this you been... You don't know much as me, and I'm willing to put numbers on things. So well, point. I know, you, talk, you know more than me, I should say. Well, that's a Freudian thing. You know way more than me. All uh, I would say, I mean, I, I think we're on track to get a majority of seats, but what the the numbers going to be? You know. <sighs> All right. Um, do you like elections, Kate? Are you excited?
2: Um, I think I'm starting to get there. I think the initial kind of uh, yes, <laughs> is, yeah, is last week it was like panic, transferring like. into actually okay, you know, getting things sorted, getting kind of predictions all around and stuff. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see how they're gonna how they're gonna play. It. Although there is the kind of concern of we've already had. The kind of the lines out, I guess, from the Tories are not particularly exciting. Kind of campaign slogans. That's true. And we know that Theresa May is very cautious when it comes to doing rallies. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, are we actually going to see that much going on, or is it going to be a case of trudging to some kind of far-flung event and only to come back with yeah. very yeah. little? Well, um,
0: I think I think if you, are uh, my reading of the situation with the uh, Tories is that uh, at the senior levels they made the calculation that we don't need to take any risks. Mm. All we need to do mm-hmm. is rally the troops and keep them all motivated, right? Mm-hmm. If if you think you've got the numbers when you start to win the election, then what you can do is to say, we just want to work on making sure we have the most highly motivated voters to come out. Mm-hmm. If you're in that situation, you can understand the calculation of saying, well, actually, she's not at her best, you know, one to one, yeah, right? uh, she's not at her best when she's thrown questions that are unexpected mm. so I suspect that she's going to be mainly cocooned um, and, and not uh, uh, put under any great scrutiny by the wider public
1: I have to say she's not the only one my experience, and I appreciate I could well be wrong on this one but my experience of the First Minister is that she's not terribly keen on speaking to journalists unless she has to, she loves going out having selfies done with the public she's not scared of the public Let's let's keep on journalists. I think I would, it's fair to say. Mm.
0: Yeah, not all journalists are such charismatic and pleasant people as yourself, James. Good point. Um, <laughs> good point. Well made. Um, yeah, I, I, and every point? party makes mistakes at elections, and every party yes. has hits that they're unexpected. So, I mean, the thing that I think, uh, if I was still an external observer, the thing that I uh, used to like observing elections was the uncertainty and the unpredictable things that will happen. Uh,
1: well, indeed, there will there will be something, won't it? Something will happen. Something will. always happens. Yeah. Um, when did you join the lobby kit? This is like normal to you, right? Uh,
2: you th- yeah, because I joined. Um, I came up here just as the first lot sort of MPs were kind of turning up after the twenty fifteen election. Okay, so, so you didn't in, do the
1: twenty fifteen election. Oh, I've been here. covering it down. You did it in yeah, the down Southwest. Southwest, yeah. And then you've had a. A referendum
2: and leadership elections and all sorts. And now they <laughs> I'll be disappointed if it settles after this. It won't. It no. won't no. <laughs> I, I think
0: it's going to be very troublesome for a good couple of years. I think you might be right. Uh, when's
1: when's F two going to happen, Roger? I don't know. What I'm asking you because you haven't given me any answers to questions so far. Well, you see, oh, you're,
0: you're very kind in that your question infers that I actually know what you the got, answer you've got, is. You've got an inkling, you've got some sort of feeling. Yeah. When's it going to be? 2018, 2019,
1: 2020, 2021? When, when do you reckon?
0: Eh, I still think it's going to be a good wee bit away. Oh, a good wee
1: bit away. Okay, so yeah. that, that sounds interesting. So that's after 2019.
0: I yeah, think, 20, yeah, you can't, I, you think can't leave I think 2019 will be the earliest it could possibly be.
1: okay. I think you're
0: probably right. Um, so There you go. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing <laughs> if is... If I think it's right, then that's okay. My, right? my, my, no, that's my, 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 my argument on it is it should be the Scottish Parliament that decides when it is. Yeah. Right? And all the evidence is that uh, when you ask the Scottish people mm-hmm. who should be making these types of decisions, would you prefer it's the Scottish Parliament or Westminster that makes the decisions of when choices are given to them? All the evidence is so far that the uh, people prefer to think that the Scottish Parliament makes that choice. So I think, at least locally, uh, align the time taking. And when people say, oh, well, but what about this referendum? We said, well, uh, uh, don't you think it should be up to the Scottish Parliament to decide when it is, not Theresa May?
1: But also, when you ask people whether they, they, they want day. a second independent the referendum, they say no does
0: that? I square that one. Oh, they don't all say no. No,
1: but the majority do. Uh, is, well... I mean, if you believe the polls, that is the, the, you know, that's the conventional wisdom as it stands. Right?
0: The conven- well, the polls vary too. No, but if you ask them, the question of is, who would you like to be making the decision about it? The great majority of the Scottish people say they would like it to be the Scottish Parliament that makes the decision. <laughs> not please amaze. No. All
1: right, but... I'll bite at this. But the polls also say... Scottish people don't want a second referendum and the person who's saying there shouldn't be a Scottish, second Scottish referendum is Theresa May and the Scottish Parliament wants one mm-hmm. well that's all, that's a big big old paradox isn't it?
0: There are lots of paradoxes in politics Well, that is I mean tr- I hardly need to tell you that Fair enough, that is, that is true that is, well done, well done, you got out of that one very well save me getting down that rabbit hole
1: uh, let's finish up with uh, I love your questions which will probably be suspended for the course of the election campaign. There you go, Jazzy, I love your questions. Do you know who that is saying I love your questions? No. Your wife does, because she's a regular listener. Yeah. Um, well, there's no
2: competition out- then, there's no new voice for it not, not yet,
1: Kate, I know you were on last time, so you know there hasn't been a new competition. Don't. I'll, I'll sort it out, we'll, we'll oh. cut that bit out, alright? Cool. I'll get somebody else to say I love your <laughs> questions. <laughs> oh, chass, I just so haven't got round to it yet. <laughs> um, Deirdre Brock's question for you, Roger Mullen, mm. was what is your favourite traditional Scottish song
0: What's my favourite traditional Scottish song? Well, it depends how you define traditional, but my favourite song of all time... Not allowed the Proclaimers, that's not traditional. No, in the style of traditional music is (laughs) undoubtedly... You're not giving a straight answer again, Roger. Hamish Henderson's Rock the Wind, written in 1960 for the Glasgow Peace Marches, and sung at the opening of the Commonwealth Games, a truly magnificent song.
1: And the follow-up is, do you want to sing it?
0: You want me to give you the first line of God, it? God, yeah. Just for your podcast. Yeah, this could ruin. This me. could be
1: the next competition.
0: Rock the wind in the clear days, thawing blows the clouds. He'll gaudy over the bay, but there's me'er not a rock when blowing through the great glen. All the world a day.
1: Brilliant. Uh, it's a brilliant way to bring this Parliament to a, a close. However, we do need a question from you for the next. Uh, I would like to the next uh, victim who will probably be after. I would like you to
0: indulge me. Yes, right. Uh, just before I ask the question, yeah. and uh, just say personally how much I regret that Michelle Thompson is not running as a candidate. She's mm-hmm. been a very good friend of mine, and I think she has been treated unjustly. And I just wanted to put that in the record.
1: Controversial
0: uh, ish. Um, Okay, that's anyway, fair enough. Won't um,
1: she won't be the next person on this podcast. She'll never make it onto this podcast because, as you say, she's uh, being forced to stand down, as it were. Yeah. Uh, what's your question for whoever might come back after um, the election? Well, yeah, I'll try and make it Drew Hendry because he was the first one after 2015, but I can't, there, can't, really? guarantee, can't guarantee that. I
0: can't guarantee that. Uh, right. Uh, who do you think should be the next leader of the opposition?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Uh, We're trying to make it very close to the election so there's still lots of flux going on. Um, Okay, um, I will um, probably try and cut your singing and fade out the podcast to that Uh, but for now I will say uh, if you want to get in touch with me I am political yeti at gmail.com I am at political yeti on twitter and um, there will be podcasts over the election period but I have no idea what format they're going to take but uh, keep checking back on your Uh, Apple or uh, what's the other one? Stitcher or whatever device However, you get your podcasts and there will be more episodes for now I say thank you to Kate for today and for this entire Parliament uh, for coming on the podcast, in and thanks to Roger. Similarly, and uh, good luck to you in the next few weeks. Thank and, you, and uh, hopefully, we will see you back on this podcast uh, after the election. But uh, for now, tune in next week for a podcast of some sort.
0: Thank you. Rock the wind in the clear day's thawing, blast the clouds, he'll start the bay. But there's mere not a rock when blowing through the great glen o'er oh, the world a day.